Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of our new podcast called Product and Packaging Powerhouse. I'm so excited that you're going to be joining me for this journey, for this conversation here on the show. And so first and foremost, allow me to introduce myself. I am Megan Young-Gamble. I am a global project manager, packaging specialist, trainer, speaker, all those things. And I guess I should include business owner too. So all of those things. However, at the end of the day, I am an everyday consumer that enjoys phenomenal products, great products for my respective purpose, and also the packaging, because of course, that's my area of expertise. And I love all things products and packaging pretty much. So I officially want to welcome you all to the house. So with this episode, I'm giving you insight of what is the product and packaging powerhouse? What is our mission? What are some of our key goals? Why I decided to even create this podcast? Because that's the whole story behind that. And then who are some of the industry powerhouses that we're going to be featuring here on the show? So you gain insights to help you with advancing, ascending, and accelerating your products into your marketplace. Packaging industry plays a big role in stewarding and caring for the earth from forestry practices, you know, to pollution, uh, to plastic waste, to reduction, to carbon emit. We, we, we touch all of that stuff. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode here on the Product and Packaging Powerhouse Show. I am your host, Megan Young-Gamble, the Project Execution Her, Packaging Specialist, and an everyday consumer of lip gloss. If you want to know my favorite beauty product, buy me some lip gloss, okay? And so today, I am so excited and privileged to have my special guest here with me, who is known as the Evangelist of Packaging, has the moniker of Packaging Pastor. He is a happily married man to one wife, he wanted me to make sure to say that, with five children, and now has a sixth child in the household that is a foreign exchange student. He is also the host of the People of Packaging podcast, and ultimately, he is also the Senior Vice President of Sales at Myers Printing. And guys, when I say that you are in for a treat for today, I mean just that. And so, Adam, welcome to the Product and Packaging Powerhouse Show for today. Megan, I am so excited <laughs> that you started a podcast. I've been, how long have I been telling you, Megan, you, you need to start a podcast. Megan, you got to get, yeah. the, you've been on my podcast a few times. You've yeah. been on Valio's podcast. You've been on Valio's podcast. And like, there's no competition in the packaging podcast world. And it was about time. That, about time, uh, right? That, I know uh, it's, it, it's time and season for everything, you know? So when you told me about it, like you need to start a podcast with well, all of you, all the triple threat told me about starting a podcast like two years ago, I wasn't ready, but now in this season, in this stage I'm at now beyond ready. So here we go. are. <laughs> let's go. I'm ready. Let's, we'll get rocking and rolling. It's going to be hey, fun. Let's, let's do it. So guys, um, so let me give you some context really quickly about me and Adam. So I literally met Adam or found out about Adam on the People of Packaging podcast during COVID. 
everything shut down. I just started my business full time and didn't have no way to get in contact with anybody in the packaging space. And this is what I was doing for my full-time business. So as we all were actively doing, we were scouring, looking for any and everything to just be around people, even in a virtual stage. And that's how I found out about the People of Packaging podcast. I listened to one episode and that was with Camille uh, Corchism. I've slid through her DMs on LinkedIn. And then I slid through Adam's and was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I found you. We hit it off. Remember talking about India and yep. tennis shoes in our first conversation to now being here where we are. So it's just amazing how things come full circle and how we literally went down in the DMs respectfully, okay? Um, <laughs> you know, to, you know, be here now. So I'm just so honored that you're here with me today. And And the cool part about this whole community that I found is just being able to connect with people in real life now, you know? So my yeah. content really picked up during COVID. I know Corey and Avelio had a similar experience where people in the industry were hungry to find and connect with other folks. And so that's when our content started to pick up some traction. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have been easy to hang out there and just let that go. But man, I'm, I'm not wired that way. And so, you know, we've been able to meet at the SpecRite Summit Mm -hmm. uh, we, I think we met up at pack expo once maybe, um, or maybe yeah. I don't remember it was a Lux pack, but then, yeah, you know, I, it was, uh, in Atlanta, we got to grab some coffee and hang out. Yeah. Um, actually just this week, uh, a packaging connection who I don't know if you've met yet, but he should be on the show. Thaxton, uh, who oh, works yeah. at, you know, Thaxton, I'm, we're connected on LinkedIn. Oh, that's awesome. So Thaxton hits me up and he's like, hey, me and my brother and my two friends, we're going to be driving through Utah. And I was like, come over. So I just came to my house and we hung out for a few hours and had some food and laughed and talked about everything. And it was great. That's my, that's the thing that makes me even more excited about this community is that we can engage with each other online from afar, but it's so much more special when we can meet up and, and break bread together and and just be in each other's presence. I think it's, I think it's cool. And you have such a great, yeah. wonderful energy about you. That's very connected. Oh. You do a great job of connecting people. Oh, well, thank you. I received that. So thank you, Adam. And you too, like from our first interaction, it's always been very genuine. Like, how can I help? Let me introduce you to this person or, Hey, reach out to this person. You've been the epitome of breaking bread and our, you are a pastor too. So let's also talk about that, you know, but just like you being very genuine and forthcoming with information, connections is gold. And to that point within this space, it's really about connections at the end of the day. You know, that's how in the cliche statement, they say your net worth is based upon your network. So I wholeheartedly believe that I've grown my business because of my connections and my network and have an opportunity to connect with dope people like you like on my podcast now, like who encouraged me was like, you should do this and told me this two years ago from our first interaction to now, like it's all about connections. So I love that. Love it. Love it. That's great.
So, okay, I know we just jumped right into the business, but give give the audience a little bit of context of, you know, how you got into the packaging space, a little bit about your background and why you're so intentional about sharing the latest packaging news and trends. Uh, so I, I did, uh, I was able to do a TEDx Salt Lake City talk and, and uh, that's, it's about nine minutes and you can get, I get a little bit more into my journey, but for part of a, a big part of this was I got into packaging because I needed a job. And that's the genesis I found in, you know, over 200 episodes of the, of the people packaging podcast. I found that's a lot of people is they're just like, I just needed work. And the packaging industry is a trillion dollar industry. I didn't grow up in it. I didn't go to Clemson or Michigan state or Cal Poly or any of the stout. I didn't go to any of those schools. I went to the Colorado state university, studied business. And I thought I was going to be a pastor. That's what, when I graduated from college, I went right into ministry, got a job in the packaging industry, but actually left uh, California, which was where I was working in packaging to start a church in Colorado Springs, uh, which is where I'm from. And just stayed in the packaging industry. I thought I'll do this long enough until the church can pay me because it's a it's a start. It's a um, church plan. The church gets to a point where it could pay me. And I had this really cool interaction over a period of a few months where I was meeting with people from different, you know, different backgrounds, different mm. sexual, sexual preferences, different, um, you know, different parts of the country, different religions. And I thought like, this is a beautiful industry. I get to deal with marketing and finance and legal and engineering, traveling around the, the country and eventually around the world. And isn't this what I want to do as a pastor is just meet and make people's lives better to enrich people's lives. And I decided to not go pursue that full time and to stay in the packaging industry. So this was probably now going on 10 years ago that I made that conscious decision. Um, so I, I got into packaging by accident. I stayed in packaging though, very much on purpose. Um, and you know, a lot of it, the, to the second part of the question, candidly, the reason why I really love sharing news and, and talking about sustainability and kind of being on that cutting edge of the trends and everything is because I believe as like I'm an ordained Southern Baptist minister. And, and as as a as a Christian, I believe that we have a mandate to steward the earth, to mm -hmm. be good stewards of the of creation. And, and I take that very seriously. And so I want to do my part in that like to me it's a moral obligation it's yeah. not just a nice thing to do it's it's deeply rooted in in my sense of spirit and who i am not because i'm you know like i was raised by hippies far from it or not because you know like of any other reason other than like i read the bible and this is what it says to do and unfortunately not every christian shares my view of that and that's a whole other yeah. conversation point <laughs> um but i think that we should love people and that we should love God. And that part of that is just doing our part. So the packaging industry plays a big role in stewarding and caring for the earth from forestry practices, you know, to pollution, uh, to plastic waste, to reduction, to carbon emit. We, we, we touch all of that stuff. And so for me, I get excited because it connects to my core why of who I am. And it's not just a job to do. That's not just a thing to say I was good at, right? It it really means I have a much deeper connection to that than I think most people realize. I don't I don't really yeah. talk too often about that, to be honest with you. I just learned some fun facts just from what you mentioned. And thank you for sharing a little bit of background. So let me just rewind a couple of things of what you just mentioned. Number one, 
the fact that you got into the packaging industry by accident is very similar to my journey. And I find that more people I speak with, like you said, we got into the packaging industry for a job. That was it. But we end up growing to love it and becoming a steward within this industry to be more intentional about the products we create and the impact not only to consumers, but also on the earth as well. So I love that. Second thing, guys, did y'all hear that he said packaging is a trillion dollar business? You just rolled right through that. But I want to take a pause and just break and just for you all to understand that there is money in this industry. There's always opportunities in this industry to come into something, have an opportunity to connect with all these different stakeholders from legal, regulatory, engineering, R&D, and more to produce something great for the end consumer. So I just want to, I just had to say that because you just rolled right past it. Like, yeah, packages are trained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's think about it. I kind of, I kind of talk about this a little bit in, in the Ted talk, but it's like the thing that people don't realize, right? So I've got this, I've got this pen here, right? From Weston. So this mm -hmm. pen in order to end up in at, at the Weston hotel, wherever I got this pen from, um, it required packaging to maybe it was bulk packaging to get there, right? Mm -hmm. And and in that bulk packaging, there's probably some kind of void fill. That's also considered part of the packaging industry. Yeah. But at the pen manufacturer, in order for those boxes that were stacked up to get there, they needed, they either needed, they were either also in boxes or they had uh, some type of a uh, stretch wrap around it, or it had some kind of bundle wire to it. And it had edge and it had V board and it mm -hmm. had a pallet wrap and it had a pallet, which I know that you know about. It had all yep. that stuff. So this little pen requires a lot of packaging in order to make it yeah. from the pen manufacturer to the hotel. And that's just a pen. You start talking about, you know, automotive packaging and all of the things that people don't see in electronics packaging and CPG packaging. And then all of yeah. the packaging that you see needed packaging to get there and that packaging you don't see. So it's almost mm -hmm. like an iceberg. It's like a revenue iceberg. The little bit of packaging that you see represents a small sliver of what actually happens, not to mention medical device, pharmaceutical. I mean, yes. these industries are humongous yeah. and it's all, everything gets somewhere with packaging. We can't teleport stuff yet. So yeah. until we do that, it's got to get from point A to point B to point C to point D yeah. and packaging is involved every step of the way. So I get really passionate about the, the potential for this for people yeah. because I get laughed at when I say I host a packaging podcast. It's like, there's a packaging podcast. You must yeah. be the only one. <laughs> like, ah, it's a tr And they're like, whoa, I never thought about it that way. Like, yeah. yeah, it's really a really big, it's a really big industry. It's lots of jobs. Huge industry. And even people that I've had the opportunity to connect with that are outside of packaging space, you know, I tell them I work in this space. They're like, oh, like the Amazon boxes. Yeah, that's one form of packaging, but that's not all packaging. Right. You know, so I'm glad that you like love receiving your Amazon boxes, but making sure that how it's protected, the actual void fill that's inside of there, how the individual item is packaged appropriately, you know, depend upon which Amazon program is going through, FB, FBA, frustration-free packaging, et cetera. All of that is part of packaging. So to your point, there's so many layers of packaging that most people do not understand and realize to even bring in the pin to make it available at Weston for you as the actual guest to be able to enjoy. And remember, I'm staying at Weston. I want to go back and patronize. Guys, strategy, packaging, it can be a whole strategy, okay? And yep. branding initiatives that you all should know about and really be intentional about it too. So just had to take a pause and just kind of talk about that. So 
since you mentioned about packaging and the different types of packaging that's involved with just creation of the pen to get to Weston, let's talk a little bit about sustainable packaging because you're very passionate about it. You also mentioned how you are a steward, a steward for creation of good things and the people you come around. So talk a little bit about why you're so passionate about the sustainable packaging that's rolling out. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you mentioned that we we first connected and we were talking about India. So, mm-hmm. um there was there was a study done. And I wish I need to go find it again. I I've, I've been like scouring the internet for it, but I read the study once that said that there was over two billion dollars of food waste lost through supply chain just in India because of a poor cold chain technology to get food from point A to point B and to, and to hold it to hold the value of the food for a long enough period of time such that a an emerging economy. In a place with, I think they have over a billion people now in India, that everyone can eat. Food waste is the third largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions globally, if it were Mm -hmm. a country behind the USA and China. And so packaging actually plays a massive role in reduction of carbon emissions through our ability to protect products. So Mm -hmm. I always start the sustainability conversation with brands or with consultants or whatever is there. It's like the goal of packaging is to is is it able to sustain a product throughout the entirety of its life cycle so that's sustainability 101 is it able mm-hmm. to sustain that's actually the word so does it protect the product point number 1 don't stop go unless it does that if it doesn't do it returns go up waste goes up it's all bad right number right. 2 is um is it so does it protect the product does it protect the planet and that's where things like life cycle analysis i want to have a data driven approach to that not just mm-hmm. a feel good approach to that. And so mm-hmm. I'm constantly on the lookout for, well, what's the data? What are, what are we comparing this to? So it's not as simple as plastic, bad, paper, good. That's not mm-hmm. what it boils down to. There's all sorts of conversations and data points around that. And that's a much longer conversation and actually harder. Right. Um, the, the third thing is, uh, does does it resonate with your people? So is it on brand? Because you, if you can't move products, then waste goes up and, and all that stuff is bad. So if you make a change from, you know, white, you know, virgin SBS board on a carton mm-hmm. to a craft carton, do your consumers lose it on the shelf? Do they recognize your brand? Do they buy your product? Mm-hmm. So it might make sense on paper, but if it doesn't resonate with your brand, with your customers, yeah. then it's not sustainable. And the fourth is, does it, is it profitable? Because there's nothing mm. sustainable about going out of business. So the great example on that is uh, done by Tom Zaki, who wrote, who wrote the book, The Future of Packaging. It's a great book. And he said, the most sustainable packaging is 24 karat gold. It's by far the most sustainable packaging. Yeah. It's, it, it, it would protect the product, right? It would, it would be, it would never be thrown out. Um, it would, it would, it, like all this stuff is true, but but it's not profitable. Nobody is going to yeah. pay $30,000 for a deodorant tube. So no. the materials exist. It's just, they're not profitable. And that's okay. It's okay to say that. Like yeah. if you don't, if you can't sell a product to, at a reasonable rate, then it's not going to be sustainable. So that's kind of where I walk people through when it comes to sustainability. And I'm passionate about those four areas because so many people get hung up on number two that are outside of the industry. And it's hard because you want to appease everybody in that. Is it good for the planet? But it's like, yeah, we could switch from, you know, bags, like, like multi, yeah. uh, multi-material stand-up pouches for our food product. Mm-hmm. We could switch from that to a different material. But the problem is it's 10 times more expensive 
and it degrades the shelf life of our product. And so we're going to have to increase our prices by 50%. And it's like, no, yeah. you can't do that. We're not going to pay that much. It's like, well, then nope. you can't do it. Exactly. It's actually not sustainable to, to do it because the market won't. It won't, won't support uh, it. We don't want to support it. Absolutely. And, you know, and with that being shared, there's so much talk from all scales of business that are looking to incorporate sustainable packaging. And the point number two of, should I go with plastic or paper? You know, you know, that's the big conversation. I, and I'm starting to see a lot of indie brands who are like, oh, I don't want to utilize any plastic. And it's like, well, hold on, like, hold on, like all plastic's not bad, but seek to understand and Number one, what your quantities are to support and see what makes sense for your brand and where you're going to get placement at. But then secondly, if you do transition to just say, you know, hemp packaging, is that on a brand? Do you have the financial capital to support paying a higher price for sustainable packaging? Will that resonate with your end consumer? Because some your end consumer may want, you know, the Don Perignon of packaging, you know, they don't care about sustainable packaging per se. So to that point, if you're going from plastic to hemp, whatever that may look like or other materials, does it make sense? And is it really sustainable for your brand? So yep. I think that's really profound of what you just mentioned in those four key points. And we'll make sure to drop the link in the show notes for you all too, to get the actual future of um, packaging book that Adam mentioned as well yeah. um, for you all, as well as his TED talk, because it's a phenomenal talk. So still on sustainable packaging a little bit. So we talked about, you know, the four core pillars that really pique your interest and why you're so passionate about it and the outcome of it. But what are some things you're seeing, you know, that are claiming that it's sustainable and you're recognizing that it's not really sustainable, sustainable is more sustainable. So yeah. talk through a little bit of what you're starting to see within the industry. Yeah. So a lot of it's just words that kind of bother me. So, um, and I don't say this to demean or defame any companies because I, I think that companies for the most part, I, I like to assume good in people and assume good in brands. There's a lot of people that don't do that, right? That are just very pessimistic. Mm -hmm. I'm a very optimistic person. So I don't assume ill intentions, but also it it's important <laughs> to point out, you know, so some, so like there's a term that I've seen a lot that's like uh, bio. It's like, well, this is, this is a bioplastic. Mm -hmm. Like all plastic is a bioplastic, right? It's not like petroleum. I mean, petroleum comes from the ground. Like it's not yeah. like, it's not like <laughs> petroleum comes from dead orcas or something like that. Like we're not, right. we're not murdering sea lions to get oil. Like you, you may argue that oil leads to it and that's a whole other conversation, but like it does come from the earth. It's, it's fossil fuel. Like it's from dinosaurs. Um, so like corn turned into PLA, is not more bio than petroleum turned into film? Like to me, they're both bio. We should get rid of that. Biodegradable is another word that drives me crazy because everything is biodegradable. Everything is biodegradable. Yeah. It's just under what conditions and, and in what time does it actually biodegrade? Mm -hmm. So just saying this packaging is biodegradable means you're just saying this is packaging. <laughs> That's all you're saying. You're not actually saying anything. Um, and, and, you know, fortunately, I think we're, we're starting to see more government inter intervention in this. There's the FTC green mm -hmm. guides. Uh, we have extended producer responsibility laws that we're starting to come on to yeah. put some of the pressure on brands who, again, I'm not assuming ill intent on putting them in a place to be like, are you about it? Like, are you going to talk about it? Or are you going to be about it? And they're yeah. forcing them to actually be about it. And and so I think that's good. Um, you know, there's 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 other things that we see, like 
You know, this is this is made from ocean bound plastics, which is a little misleading yeah. because it's not actually plastic that's in the ocean. It's literally just plastic that is within 100 miles or 150 miles of yeah. an ocean. So that that stuff is kind of like, I don't know. I mean, you get points for trying, yeah. but it's not your we're not really doing much here. Yeah. And we still have a long, in my opinion, we still have a ways to go, you know, sure. to be able to start utilizing those, you know, those, you know, terms or claims per se. And I'm saying that in quotes, you know, before we have real implementation, you know, to say this is ocean bound plastic. Okay. What does that look like? How do we even get everything and, you know, that is in the ocean, you know, from plastics and all packaging to then get it back into the circular economy? for reproduction. So it's a much larger conversation for sure, yep. you know, and I think we have a ways to go, but to your point, the, you know, extended producer responsibility act and other respective guidelines that are rolling down the pipeline still in its infancy at this stage, but it's still here knocking on our back door to hold the brands accountable and not be misleading, you know, with some of the information and how they utilize it for it to you know, pulling the heartstrings of the consumer per se. So, so that makes sense. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. So I want to shift gears a little bit, you know, just considering our time, you know, so you have escalated your ranks within the packaging space that was, you got into by accident and escalated up the ranks now as a senior vice president. And I want to actually give you one of the anecdotes that you mentioned in your bio, which is selling is more than just closing deals. When done correctly, it benefits the company, customers, representatives, and ultimately supports our planet sustainability goals. And so you already talked about the importance of sustainability. So let's dive into this anecdote that you shared of selling is more than just closing deals. What can brands do to be more intentional to make sure that it's benefiting the customer, the company, the representatives? And ultimately, our planet sustainability goals. Yeah. So there used to be this whole nonsense about sales. And that was like, oh, that person's so good that they can sell a ketchup popsicle to a, you know, a woman wearing white gloves. And, and it's, it's ridiculous, right? It's, it's really stupid because that's not actually what sales is. That's manipulation, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, don't, I don't actually consider that to be sales, but that's what we've talked about. It's like, oh yeah, they're a killer they're a hunter. This is a war. And I'm like, it's not, that's not what we're trying to do here. Um, Your goal as a, as a salesperson, whether it's for a brand, whether it's for a packaging company that's trying to sell to a brand or for a brand that's trying to sell to their, to their consumers, whatever it is, you are ultimately just trying to, to solve problems for the other person. And if that's what your goal is, and you can, my, one of my favorite, there, two of my favorite people in the sales world, there's a lot of them, but uh, Keenan has a great book called Gap Selling that details this process a lot. And we can put the link there. And then also there's a guy named Josh Braun, B-R-A-U-N. And he talks about disconnecting from the outcome. And so for me, if my goal is to, it is to help the other person on the call, genuinely, truly help them out. Not like, 
oh, I help people do this, but I really just want to get paid. If my goal is honestly to help that person, yeah. then I should be free to say, we're a bad fit to solve this problem. You mm. probably want to go talk to my competitor. Mm. I'm disconnected from that outcome now. I don't I don't need to sell them the, the stuff that we make. My mm -hmm. only goal is to make sure that whatever their problems are, and I want to do, I want to do the hard work of asking the right questions, not yeah. manipulative, not lying, not doing, I want to do the hard work of asking questions, which is a lost art in Western society. We value people who have answers and, and the, the ancient, in an ancient uh, rabbinical setting, the wisest person was considered the one who could ask the best questions. And I think we need to return to that. So if you can dig in and ask the right questions to uncover what the problems are in, and why are they talking to you as a salesperson? And you can make recommendations that are not only buy everything from me. You can be mm -hmm. genuine in that. I think that you can start to build a real genuine network of customers that are then your advocates to their friends, to their family, to their, it's like, no, no, no this person actually helped me do that. I mean, I've got one customer that I've never sold anything to. He hits wow. me up all the time for packaging stuff all of the time. I've never charged him a single dime to this person, but the amount of people that he has referred me into is probably 10 X what it would have been if I just tried to force a, a you know, a, a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. And so I just, because he knows mm -hmm. that I'm just going to go try to help that other person. And it turns out that the people that he's putting me onto can benefit from the stuff that we make, not all the time, but some of the time. Yeah. And I always leave saying, I'm not a good fit, but you know who you should really talk to? is this person over here or this mm. company over here? And, and I'll make the introduction via email yeah. to my previous, I mean, I've sent people to WS Packaging, Multicolor, Fortis in the past wow. year. I've sent them and, and Myers is technically a competitor to them, but we're not when it comes to what is the problem to solve right here, right now. I'm not mm -hmm. a competitor if I can't really solve it very well. So I can disconnect yeah. from the outcome and pass them off. And it turns mm. out people want their problems solved more yeah. than they want to be sold to. So, okay, guys. So Adam actually had has a sales course, okay, that he did for packaging professionals, but it's applicable to everybody. And you just dropped so many gems there. And the biggest one that I heard you mention was disconnect from the outcome. Because a lot of times we are always thinking with the end in mind and the outcome and already thinking about, okay, this is a transformation. This is the outcome. This is how it's going to help them. But sometimes we may not be the best fit for them for whatever that problem is. And the fact that you've always been intentional about the connections and genuinely helping people. So going back to that same point, I mentioned earlier at the beginning of this episode to say, Hey, check out, you know, my prior jobs, check out my competitors, because ultimately you want to help people win. And then it helps you in return. So that's just part of having good relationships, being intentional about the relationships you cultivate and create to ultimately help yourself and also that end user. So I love that. I love that. So we can go on all day to talk about all things packaging, but we're going to start to wrap up and go into our power round. So yeah. with our power round, this is like going to be a lightning like a round, 30 seconds, where I'm going to ask you about some of your favorites. You have to be quick on your toes um, to see what your responses are as we start to wrap up. So you ready? I stay ready. So I don't <laughs> have to get ready. <laughs> hey, okay. I know that's right. I like it. So, all right. So let's go ahead and start the clock for our power round. So first question is, who is your favorite basketball team? The Denver Nuggets. 
Okay. If you got the opportunity to work with your favorite basketball team, what would be your ideal packaging project? Uh, it would be figuring out a way to transport the Larry O'Brien trophy because they are the NBA champions. The NBA champion Denver Nuggets are my favorite team. Okay, fair enough. And what brand has the your top ranked packaging? Ooh, uh, Apple probably because they get talked about the most, but I really like what Liquid Death has been doing. Okay, Liquid Death. That's an interesting name. I got to look them up. And why do you love packaging? I love packaging because it solves problems, it employs people, and can help change the world. Boom! Under 30 seconds. Talk about that. Light and speed. Yeah. And let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, um, you have received some great gems from Adam during our conversations today. So, Adam is known as the Packaging Pastor. He is the host of People of Packaging Podcast. He is a father with one wife, okay, because he wants that to be known. He has one wife. Listen, um, I, live has I live in Utah, Megan, so I got to let people know. I got five kids and one wife. That, <laughs> you know what? That's up. valid. That's valid. Yeah. So, um, happily married to his wife for 20, just celebrate their 20th um, anniversary this year, five children, a bonus child uh, with a foreign exchange student. So, and he loves everything around packaging, just like I do guys. So Adam, as we start to wrap up for this session, let people know how they can get in contact with you. I am on LinkedIn every single day. So uh, find me on LinkedIn, Adam Peek, P-E-E-K. Uh, you can send me a note. My LinkedIn inbox gets a little crowded. I really do honestly try to reply to everything. Um, you can go to packagingpastor.com and get a bunch of different links and stuff there. I'm sure there'll be some links down in the show notes for, mm -hmm. uh, I got a course, I've got a kid's book, uh, packaging peaks in a sticky situation that my wife and I wrote together. Um, oh lots, lots of the, the course with the packaging school, shout out to packaging school, hey. links to the podcast. I just have learned Megan, honestly, I'll just leave you with this just to say yes to doing cool stuff. And it's amazing mm -hmm. how it all piles up. And how effortless yeah. it becomes when you approach life with kind of an, an abundance mindset rather than that mm. like scarcity mindset. I just, I found it to be one of the greatest blessings in my life. So I love so that. We are operating in abundance and here we are guys. So with that being shared, we are going to wrap up for today's segment. Thank you for tuning in to the product and packaging powerhouse show. I am your host, Megan Young Gamble, the project execution, her, and all the details that you need to know from today's episode will be down in the show notes for you all. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon. I am your host, Megan Young Gamble. I'm so excited that you're going to be joining us for these episodes and as well as following us as part of the journey. So make sure you do connect with us on our social media platforms that is listed down in the show notes. Also, make sure you do subscribe to our email list so you get notification of when we drop our new episodes. And also you get some bonuses too. And then also make sure you do follow our page so that way you can listen to all of our episodes as they are dropping at the convenience of your laptop, mobile device, or anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast on all of our streaming platforms.